0: Yes. Do you trust Him today, church? Do you really trust Him? Do you live like you trust Him? Boy, you got quite there. Wow. If you'll remain standing, I want to read out of Exodus chapter 3, verses 14 and 15. And it simply says this. God said to Moses... I am who I am this is what you are to say to the Israelites I am has sent me to you God also said to Moses say to the Israelites the Lord the God of your fathers the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you this is my name forever I am This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. I am is in the house today. You may be seated in the house of God. most of you have read this or studied this in VBS or Sunday school or somewhere at some point in time of your life, this passage of scripture and this study and the story of Moses and how he fled and encountered God on the side of the mountain as God was engulfing a bush, but it wasn't burning. And. He calls Moses to go set his people free. And he tells Moses, when Moses asks, who do I tell them that sent me? He says, I am that I am. I am has sent you. Now folks, there comes a day and there comes a time When your season in Egypt is done. The Israelites had been in bondage for hundreds of years. And God is sending Moses to inform them and to tell them your season in Egypt is over. It's time to pack your bags and to move out of Egypt. And I'm here to tell somebody in this house today, your season in Egypt is over, you've camped there too long, and it's time to move out. The I am has come to see you move forward. You see, I'm on the same subject as I've been on the last four weeks. I want to talk about that place that we get to in the middle a lot of times. You know, I've been talking about about four weeks, you're going to get it before it's over and we can move forward. But I've been in a situation in my personal life even where I, I, I have felt like I'm in the middle too. And you know, I believe today that Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart and said the time in Egypt is coming to an end. It's time to move on and to move to the next season of your life. And He's saying to you this morning, let's go. Let's go. You see, it was good for a while. He met you there and he brought you to a place where you, you've camped there and he's provided for you. He, he's not mad at you for being there. He's not mad about it. He's had compassion on you while you've been there. He, he, he's been with us and, and he's been full of grace towards us the entire season and the entire time. It was good for a while, but it's over now. It's over now. In other words, what am I saying? You're done in Egypt. I got one folk that's excited as I am to get out of Egypt. You're done. You're done in Egypt. You see, what am I saying? That way of thinking, that bondage, that way of thinking, it's over. That mentality that you depend on somebody else to provide and to get you there, it's over. You're suffering in this area of your life. It's time for it to come to an end. It's over. You see, every season of suffering in your life, it has an expiration date. That season has an expiration date stamped on the side of it. And only God knows about it. Only God knows when that expiration date comes to bow. Now the adversary can come in and mess with you as, long, as much as he wants to come in and mess with you. But he has no right to stay because there is an expiration date. After you, the word says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of glory himself will restore you. These 21 days that we've just come out of, of prayer, and those of you who join me, thank you, whether you were here or praying at home and fasting, however you were involved, thank you. I really have felt and since this whole 21 days that he's bringing a time of restoring and restoration to the house. So now God brought them out with a mighty hand, the Israelites. He brought them out with his outstretched arm. And he brought them out <laughs> and then pointed them to a place called the wilderness. You come out of bondage of slavery in Egypt, and now God puts you in the wilderness. Thanks, God. But you know what? They're not where they were. They're not in slavery. They're not where they were. Now, they're not where they're going either. But they're not where they were. And there's this place in between that we have talked about the last several weeks. And when they got in the wilderness, after about a month, approximately two months, They've passed through the Red Sea, and and a couple of months have went by. And folks, although they had left Egypt, they had been through the Red Sea, and God had did miracles a month ago. They were in a place in between. They were in a place where they came upon a problem. Am I talking to any real folks? Anybody ever had a real problem? Anybody come out of one season only to face another problem? Only to face another issue hitting your head on? <laughs> I've been there. I've been living there. And they come out, they're no longer on the Egyptian meal plan, if you will, and now they're hungry. They're stuck in the middle. They're no longer there. Even though they're not hurting and suffering like they were in Egypt, now they're hungry. Now they've come. They have left Egyptian bondage. Help me, Father, communicate this. And they are not yet fully into the land flowing with those big old monster grapes. They're not in that land flowing with milk and honey. They're not yet in that place that God is taking them to that we read about in Numbers chapter 13. But they're in this middle place called the wilderness and and there is a test to see if they will depend on God. And you know what? I found out I'm a lot like these, these Israelites because they didn't do too well. Y'all act like I'm the only one that's never aced a test. They they didn't do too well. They they weren't passing this test very well. You see, just like revelation of the Word and revelation from God, it is progressive and, and so is trust. Faith, trust, so it is. God will give you opportunities in different places in your life to trust Him in a new way. I'm having to trust him in areas right now that I never dreamed I'd have to trust him yesterday. And he will lead you to those places called the wilderness sometimes to learn to trust him in new ways to get you to the land with the big old grapes. I don't know about you, I'm ready for the big old grapes. You see, I kind of think of it this way. As a parent... you got to trust God with your children. When they're toddlers, you know, mine were toddlers before they had the fancy equipment they have now. And you were always wondering, are they okay? They're not dead, are they? They're still breathing. Oh, they're going to pull something over on their head. And you got to trust God with them. And then as they move in the teenage years, you got to trust God with them. And sometimes you pray that something falls over and hits them in the head and knocks some sense into them. Oh, y'all don't have teenagers yet, huh? You got to trust him. My wife's saying, help me, Lord. They come out of their teenage years and you're like, oh God, please intervene. You got to trust him. You see, you've got to learn to trust God in every season of your life. Faith is progressive. If I had been faced with some of the things I'm facing now, say five years ago, ten years ago, my faith was not at a level to defeat what I'm facing now. Faith is progressive and it grows. As you exercise it, it grows. And We've got to exercise our faith. You, you know, when they're little kids our children, you take those little... Um, Plastic things and put in the plug that's going to keep them from sticking their little tongues in there and lighting them up. When they become teenagers, you just wish you could put those little plugs in their friends. You know? you got to trust God. you got to trust Him. You, you, faith is progressive. And, and God's sitting there like, you, you had the faith to walk through the water of the Red Sea now you got to have faith to trust me to walk through the wilderness. You, you, you had the faith that, that, that brought you out of the bondage. And the same faith that brought you out of the bondage. And, and, and you saw me part the Red Sea and, and you walked through it on dry ground. Now you got to have the faith to, to get you through the wilderness. Three days pass, and the Israelites have no water in Exodus 15, uh, 22 through 26. They had no water for three days. They've been in, in several different places, and, and God brings them to this, this place where there's a little bit of water, but they go to drink it, and they're, it's bitter. Anybody ever drunk some bitter water of life? It was bitter. They can't drink it. They drink, and it's terrible, and they spit it out, and and, and you see, the stream is not very clean. And the Bible says that God shows Moses a log. He shows Moses, and the word show is a reference, and you cross it and research it, and it's simply, He teaches him. It's the same word used in the Hebrew that we get the word Torah, which is the first five books of the Old Testament. So he's teaching Moses. He shows Moses the wood. It says in 15 and 25 of Exodus, Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Hmm. It's the law. Moses throws it in obedience and faith, and it turns the bitter water to sweet because God will show you in the middle of the wilderness something in your life that you can utilize to get you through. Can I be real honest? The problem is we're too lazy to pick up the piece of wood and throw it in the water. America's lazy. We're too lazy. We're too spoiled with a remote control. We're too spoiled with a microwave. And there's things that we have to do to see God do His part. I'm telling you, I'm convinced more now than ever. When this craziness hit my life, I said, okay, I'm going to do my part, God, and I'm going to trust you. And He has done His part. And He always will. But there are things in our life that we have to do. And Moses, God taught him. He showed him the wood. He was teaching him. And he picks up the wood. And he throws it in. And he utilizes it. God used it. If God brings you to a place and the water is bitter, there will be something that you can utilize. It's His promise. You know... In studying, there's a lot of scholars that um, they say that this word "wood" was um, indi- what's the word I'm looking for? Um, indicative, if you will, pointing towards the cross. It was pointing at the cross to, to show us that God was going to take the most bitter time of history. The most bitter time of history, the most bitter defeat in, in human history, and turn it into a day of triumph. And he will do the same in your life if we will but listen and let him teach us and show us. And the only way he's gonna teach us and show us is we, you gotta get in the textbook. We had to order my daughter's textbooks and and she's been struggling the last week, taking pictures of textbooks and and getting copies from from good teachers like Pastor Corbin and, and being able to try to keep up and struggling. But we've got the textbook right here, and he will show you and guide you and give you the instructions when you're in the middle of the wilderness of what to do and what to say. We've been taught. They've been taught. They've been through it now. And now that they get hydrated, they get water, they're hungry. The wilderness. Come on, am I the only person in here that's walked out of Egypt into this wilderness? I'm thirsty, and as soon as I step out of it, man, I'm hungry. I mean, I'm hangry. And they walk into another situation after situation. And all of a sudden, here they are. They're hydrated. God's given them water. But now they're hungry. And now I'm done with my intro. Let's get to the sermon. Exodus chapter 16 verse 1. The whole Israelite community set out from Elam. And they came to the desert of Sin. They come out into the desert. And on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. Two months and 15 days exactly. Isn't it neat how God is so detailed? He gives us the exact time frame. It had been two months and 15 days. They had come out of bondage. (laughs) And now. What's that tell me? That was the expiration date. You see, they had been living off of everything they took with them out of Egypt. And now it's expired. It's gone. And now they've got to learn to have a faith and trust God in a new and different way. You, you, you've exercised faith, but God's saying, okay, we got to extend this faith. we got to grow this faith. Now you got to learn to trust me in a new way. you got to learn to, to see me in a new magnitude. This is the day that they, they had to begin to trust God in this new facet, in this new way. And I believe wholeheartedly that there are some folks in the house right now that you are right there. You've trusted God, you've believed God, and you've been on one level long enough. It's time, It's time. I love you, but it's time. God's saying it's time to move on. It's time to move forward. You've camped here long enough. You've you've camped in this bitterness long enough. You've camped in this area long enough. You've used this long enough to keep you in this place. Now's the time to trust me in a new level and move forward and move out of this campsite and get on to the land flowing with milk and honey to the big old grapes. You see, God is trying to free some folks from this this system of dependence, and we're wanting to stay right there because we've gotten comfortable in our little campsite. Now, I'm not saying he's necessarily going to physically pick you up and and move you somewhere. I'm not saying he's telling you to uh, enter into a new marriage. I'm not saying any of that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you're going to go out here and get all weird on us. There's enough weirdos out there. They just need somebody real. Real. God's trying to free you. I mean, what I'm saying is simply this. God is wanting to change and trying to change something inside of you because you've been eating out of this expired food that you brought out of Egypt with you. And he's saying, I've got fresh, I've got new, and it's time to move forward and step into a new season and come out of it. That's expired. He said in Isaiah, I'm doing a new thing. Now taste and see. Now see what it's about. Now I want to reveal it. But we've got to pack up and move on. And when I say pack up, some of you need to leave some stuff. You know, the good news is simply this. They're here, and they're hungry, but they're out of Egypt. And some of you are here, you're out of Egypt, but you're still here. You know, the good news is I'm going to heaven when I die. And the good news, man, is I'm telling you, I have felt the presence of God this week like none other. We've got, uh, prayer time has been awesome of the mornings. I mean, it's just been like as soon as we get down on our faces, it's like, whoa, there's the glory of God. It's been phenomenal. I was almost late getting my daughter to school one day because I was just having fun in the presence of God (laughs) and the good news is we've come out of Egypt the good news is we really do feel the presence of God at certain times in our life but the bad news is they're hungry they're hungry the worst news is they are still between where they left and where God is leading them. Some of you are in between the stuff He brought you out of and where He's taking you to. And my prayer is God, let faith arise in this house. Let faith arise and let us step into a new season. Because there's so many hurting folks that need an encounter with you. And if we don't step out of our little campsite, they're not gonna have it. Because they're counting on you to bring it to them. God's counting on you to take it to them. Watch this. This is what scripture is referring to. In verse 2, they're they're in the desert, and the this whole community, they were so grateful. They're in the wilderness, and and they're so grateful to Moses and Aaron. And it simply says in 16 and 2, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Y'all didn't get that sarcasm. They, They were so grateful. I mean, thank you, Moses, for standing up and bringing us out of Egypt. Thank you for standing up to Pharaoh for us. Thank you for leading us. I know it's been tough on you, Moses. Like, no. What did you do, Moses? Did you bring us out here to die? Why did you bring us out of bondage? At least we weren't hungry there. At least we had food there. At least we sat by the campfire at night, smelling the food and then throwing down on it. No, they grumbled about the grace of God that had brought them out of bondage. They grumbled. They grumbled. Have you noticed a grumbling spirit before? I, I, my weird mind. I think of the Snickers commercial with the guy in the end zone that's working. There going, bruh, 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 bruh. isn't that the way we do sometimes? We forget he he's brought us out of that mess, and we face something else. And we're like, bruh, 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 bruh. and we grumble. There we sat around pots of meat. We had plenty to eat. Moses. What is it that's missing from this recollection of what they're seeing and remembering? Anybody married to somebody that has selective memory? Don't answer that. I'm not doing marital counseling today. I've done it all week. I'm not doing it today. I mean, I'm talking about just the ability to recall certain details... And paint a certain picture of the past. You know anybody like that? We won't talk about our spouses, but you know anybody like that? Now watch what God is doing. God already knows how he's going to provide for them. He already has a plan. He knows what tomorrow holds. This is a test for them. Are they going to trust him? Are are they going to trust him to feed them? I mean, come on. He had brought them out of Egypt. That was a miracle. They crossed the Red Sea. Wow, what a miracle. They were thirsty, and they saw Moses throw wood in the water and make it sweet, and they drank, and now they're hungry, and they're grumbling against God. Didn't he pay it last month? Didn't he take care of it the month before? Come on, somebody help me. We've got to learn to trust him. It's a test. God already has a plan. He knows what's going to happen. You know, when I got the phone call from my doctor Sunday after preaching six weeks ago, God already knew that was coming. God already had a plan in action for my life, and I've seen it be walked out. He's got a plan for your life wherever you're at, whatever you're facing, whatever the issue is, whether it's sickness, whether it's health, whether it's finances, wh- whatever it may be, God's already got a plan but we've got to put our faith into action and trust Him. And so often we start going I wasn't hungry back there. You see, we got. you've got to know that in the space between of what I need and what I see is the grace of God enabling me to know who He is. I know what I need and I know what I see. But am I recognizing the grace of God that brought me from Egypt through the Red Sea that hydrated me Am I failing to see His grace is still sufficient? Wherever you're at, His grace is still sufficient. It's that space between my need and how God meets my need that I've got to exercise that opportunity to begin to trust Him and believe who He is and who He says He is. And you know how you convince yourself to believe it? The more you hear it, the more you read it, the more you believe it. The more you speak it, the more you believe it. (laughs) That's it. He said it. Let's move forward. Exodus chapter 16. I'm going to read 3 through 5, and then I'm going to move down to 11 through 12. And he says this. The Israelites said to them, If we only if we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all we wanted. But you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they they bring in that it be twice as much as they gather on the other days. Because the Sabbath was the next day. They weren't to work. They were to bring enough in on that day, on the sixth day, to do them on the seventh day. Now let's move down to verse 11. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard... The grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight, you will eat meat. And in the morning, you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. I am so glad that God still shows me grace when I grumble. When I'm agitated. And I grumble, and I'm saying, "Charlotte, can you believe? Can you? God still shows me grace." Now, y'all acting like I'm the only one that ever grumbled. <laughs> I'll leave it there. He still shows us grace, you know, because I don't always come in and pray right. Honestly. Sometimes I want to pray like the country song says. I pray that a flower pot falls out of a window and hits you on the head like I want to. I pray your brakes go out going downhill 55 like, come on now. Sometimes I don't pray the way I should. I don't pray just right. I don't always have the right introduction when I enter into my prayer life worshiping Him for who He is and His holiness. Sometimes I, I just don't have it. Sometimes my, my prayers are just you know, a little brass, I guess. Or maybe they're just a little too direct. I don't know. But God knows that I'm just Scott. And I'm still a work in progress. And I'm still in the middle of where he's taken me to. But I sure ain't where I was. I'm still not, I'm still not there. But thank God I'm not there anymore. I'm not there and some of you are hung up right here also. And God said, even though I heard you grumbling, I'm still going to give you grace. I see your need, and I'm going to give you mercy because I can look beyond the grumbling, and I can supply. I can supply. Verse 12, he said, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them. At twilight you will meet, and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. Isn't that amazing? So after he does this, what does he say? You will know that I'm the Lord your God. I'm your God. You see, he, he's, I'm trying to show you who I am, and all you can see is what you don't have, and all you can see is what you're not And I'm trying to show you who I am, but all you're focusing on is earthly and material and and all this around you. And I'm trying to show you who I am. He's not trying to use what you're not. He's trying to show you who He is. Through every situation... And everything we face, we see a new characteristic of God. We see a new side of God. If we'll open our eyes and allow him to reveal it to us. Folks, he is the great I am. Bottom line, he is the great I am. Wow. I've got about ten pages of notes left. And I'm going to ask the band to come up here. I'm going to try to wrap this up because I've got somewhere to go with this. He's taking us. That was for you, band. Come on man. You see, before Moses went to deliver the Israelites, before he stepped foot on seeing them brought out, God had already told him who he was. God had already instructed him of what he is going to do, and he is going to be the deliverer, and he's going to go in and say, I am. Now, if you don't understand what I am is, whatever you need, he is. He is whatever. Whatever you're facing, he is. He's the answer. Whatever you have need of, he is. Whatever it may be, so whatever phase they were in in this wilderness, whether they were needing to cross the Red Sea, he is. They were thirsty, he is. They were hungry, he is. Wherever you're at, he is the I am. Because in Exodus chapter 3, verse 14, God said to Moses, I am who I am. That's who you are to tell the Israelites that I am. I am has sent you unto them. Folks, I'm here to tell you, that I am is still the I am that we need today when we're standing here in the wilderness and you've come through this and you've come through that and now you're here and you're hungry. He is the I am that can send manna. He is the I am that can send meat. He is. You see, Isaiah 44 and 6 says this. This is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer. The Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last Apart from me, there is no God. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He is the beginning. He is the end. Revelations, the very last book of the Bible, says in chapter 1, verse 8, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Revelations 22 and 13, he says, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. God is the first of existence, and He is the last of existence. He knew when you were in bondage, and He is at the end. He is the first, and He is the last. And everything in the middle, I find it amazing, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. These are the symbols of God, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is. He is the Alpha, the beginning of all things in your life. He is the beginning of every new season. He is the beginning. He is the one who brought you from the old life into the new life. He is the beginning, and He also is the Omega. He is the very end. He's the end of all things. He is the source of all existence. He knows where you are. He knows wow as i looked at the scriptures in revelations and i recognized that it's referring to the messiah and the messiah dividing history his presence would cause time to divide and cause history to split in two he became the omega The end of one age, and the Alpha, the beginning of another. He is the Alpha and Omega to all who come to Him. He ends one season and begins another season. He ended the season of slavery. He ended the season of being crushed and pressed in and nowhere to go, and they walked through the Red Sea. He ended the season of thirst, and they had water, and they stepped out. He ended the season of hunger, and they stepped out to move forward into their destiny. He is the Alpha and Omega of your life, church. He is. He is. He's the the end of that old life where you're camped out right now, and He is the beginning of that new season you're getting ready to step into. He is the I Am. So what am I telling you? Receive each moment of your life from Him as the Alpha and live each moment to Him as the Omega. I tell my daughters and as they were growing up and wanting to date, I would say, You know what? Any relationship you enter into that you consider to be, you know, at fifth grade they're going together. Start it like it's going to end because it will end. It will end. And that season you're in right now, it will end. He's the Alpha and He's the Omega. He's the one that causes it to end. He's the one that causes you to step into a new season. Now, I don't know if I'm talking to any real folks that's been through some of the things I've been through these last few months. But I'm ready to step into a new season. This old boy's tired of usual. This old boy's tired of mediocrity. This old boy's tired. And I'm ready. And I believe that it's not just for me today. I believe there's folks in here, you're hungry. And you're ready. And you've been in that season. And it will end. So make him your alpha today. And receive every moment. Receive every moment. And pass that test live in every moment. You know, as a parent, we look back and I, I see other parents with these smaller children and I tell them what people used to tell me, enjoy that because it ends. And I thought, oh God, I hope it hurries up. They're driving me crazy. Please, God. Oh, you ready to move out? Great, here, the door's open, go. And then you're like, oh God, get back on oh, it, Daddy. Embrace it and trust Him. Enjoy where you're at and know that He's the Alpha and the Omega. That season will end and you'll enter into another Alpha. Embrace it. Don't grumble. Don't complain. I went to lunch yesterday after we road, Brian, and I went and got a salad, and I'm sitting there next to a table, of I'm by myself, and there's a whole family there, and they're talking about God, and they're talking about church, and they join hands and pray over their food, the poor girl brings their food out to them, and you know what they do, Send, every one of them sent her plate back, every one of them, were, they were giving her a hard time, and she was standing at my table and saw them join hands and pray. And you know we want to throw stones, but what do we do when we get in a situation? We grumble, and God say, "No, I want to take you. I am the Alpha and Omega. I am, that I am." And He's here today. Stand with me as we close in prayer, Father. Right now. Father, it comes down to one question, do we trust you? And I respond as a prophet of old, as for me and my house, yes, I trust you. I'm done. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to simply ask you the question, do you trust Him right where you're at? Do you trust Him? Then live like it. Act like it. Speak like it. And we're going to enter into worship. And I'm going to challenge you some of you just need to pack up and move. And that packing up and moving may consist of you just getting up and come to this altar and saying, I surrender, I'm ready to move forward. I'm tired of camping out here, I'm tired of grumbling about it, I'm ready to move forward. God, I hear you speaking to me today, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender. I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to trust you. Because I've tried to do it myself and I've done nothing but make a mess. Now I'm ready. Now I'm ready. Do you trust him? Do you trust him?